0: Welcome you. I'm so happy to see you all here tonight. Um, I'm glad you're interested in this topic, and um, glad you're glad you're here, willing to learn. My name is Dee Sherwood, and I'm the Denison Scholar of American Indian Studies here at Central Michigan University. Very pleased to be presenting with Mr. Stephen uh, Perry today. He's a good friend, and um, so we will jump right in. About tonight. So we're going to talk about violence and we're going to discuss how violence is really unique in Indian country. It's not simply an act, a uh, physical act of aggression, but it's actually a uh, complex behavior that's psychological, emotional, and social. I will also share a framework for understanding how control, and maybe some of you social work or sociology students have seen that, how and control wheel before. And then we will learn how traditional teachings can be used as a means for healing and prevention. And um, that's important for the Native community, but also for the non-Native community as well. So how many of you would be interested in learning a little bit about traditional uh, Native American teachings? That's what I thought, great. Okay, and as I said, this is a benefit for, for, for both uh, Native and non-Native communities, and it's really, I think, wisdom and knowledge that has been vastly underutilized, And then Steve will talk about a, a root prevention model as well. Okay, so we know, right, from history that um, Columbus started a, a legacy of violence, right, in the Caribbean and North America. How many know the real story of Columbus? Right? We know that some some very um, very serious um, genocide actually happened and um, but i also want to emphasize at the same time that um, there's resilience within indigenous communities and again i pose the question of how strong do you have to be to survive a genocide and how does that occur how does one survive that type of um, community and individual violence and so we'll talk about share a few statistics with you um, about how violence is unique in the Native community. So um, just some very interesting and sobering facts. Native American women experience the highest rate of violence um, as far as any group in the U.S. More than one in three American Indian and Alaskan Native women will be raped during their lifetime. That's two and a half times more likely than non-Native women. And I think that that's cause for us to take pause. And I want to talk to you a little bit um, about child abuse and neglect in Indian country. So there's one substantiated report of of child abuse or neglect for every 30 American Indian or Alaskan Native children. Um, And that's age 14 and younger. Alcohol abuse, not surprised by that, as related to child abuse and neglect, and in general is more likely to be reported in American Indian and Native American families. (coughs) Suicide uh, rates between four and seven times higher than other racial ethnic groups. Some statistics on, on violent crime. American Indians experienced approximately one violent crime for every eight residents, age 12 or older. And this, just to give you kind of a reference point for comparison, so, one for 12. In the black community, one for every 16 residents. Uh, in the white community, one for every 20 residents. So, one violent crime. Uh, and for it, within the Asian community, one for every 34 residents. So, what is this phenomenon about? We know there's a historical pattern there. Um, as far as um, deaths within the Indian community, Cardiovascular disease, alcohol-related, motor vehicle accidents, homicide, um, and so forth. So this is these are just sobering facts. What what is the good news, right? This is sort of um, some, some serious numbers. Well, we're going to get to that. And I think one of the things that we want to emphasize tonight is going back to those traditional teachings and how that can be um, used as a mechanism for. Healing. So I want to suggest to you that, um, that violence can happen at different levels, right? So we can imagine an individual, right? Suicide would be an individual, or self-injury would be an individual act of violence. You could think of um, a couple relationship, or a marriage, or a partnership, um, and there could be violence within that relationship. You can think about a family system, um, an organization, an institution, like violence, in, in schools, people going postal, right, different different levels of these types of things, Uh, and within the community, national, international, global. Again, what I want to emphasize is that there's a lot going on beneath that act of oppression (coughs) in terms of the psychology and um, emotional dimensions. So this is the power and control wheel. How many have seen the power and control wheel before? Quite a few of you. Okay, so what What's important, I think, to know about the power and control wheel is that the act of violence is sort of the 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 last resort as far as maintaining a system of power and control. And we'll work with an example of a couple relationship. Okay, within a couple relationship, uh, for the most part, not always, it's usually Then these various spokes of the wheel, there are social, uh, psychological, and emotional components. So, using coercions, coercion, coercion or threats. So, I I'm going to threaten that I might do X, Y, or Z. Um, I will take the kids away. I will do this or that. I will, um, if you're if you don't have your uh, immigration card, I'll report you that you're not very really good, etc., etc. It could be um, using intimidation. So, making feel afraid by gestures or certain um, angry looks or um, displaying weapons, hurting the pets, um, breaking property. It can be using um, emotional abuse, so put-downs, calling her names, uh, making her think she's crazy, playing mind games, humiliation, things of that nature. Using isolation, so controlling her access to phone, internet, friendships, Acting overly jealous about other types of friendships, access to family members. Uh, so I'm going through these various spokes of the wheel. Using privilege, male privilege could be a racial, ethnic privilege, and then the last one, economic abuse. So controlling access to money, resources, the vehicle. So that's sort of the, the, those different dimensions at a couple level. And what I'm going to suggest to you that all those uh, spokes of the wheel could be scaled up. So if you can control access to resources, land, and water, that's a form of economic control, right? If you use isolation, and make up members of a particular community, we all, um, you know, required to live in one small area of reservation land. You see what I'm getting at? So there is a pattern to power and control and oppression that is, that is common throughout these different uh, system levels. Okay, so what's what what should it look like? Well here's the, this is the equity of the equality wheel. So this is the uh, role for nonviolence. So listening, showing respect, uh, even if you disagree, uh, hearing someone out, building trust and support, seeking relationships, honesty and accountability, owning up for. Get previous behavior for past mistakes, being responsible as far as parenting, having equally sharing resources and responsibilities, uh, making economic partnerships, making decisions together about those resources, negotiation and fairness. So, I'm kind of using this in a, in a way as a metaphor um, for what could be. And what I see far too often is a little bit of. Uh, I don't know, maybe just discomfort or awkwardness about um, non-native communities interacting, interacting, and partnering with native communities. I think um, you know, if you go to Powells, you see the same people there pretty much every year. Do the art shows, and different events. And I think Mount Pleasant is a, is somewhat unique in terms of the level of interaction here. It's, it's I'm very proud that Mount Pleasant has done you know quite a good job. In, building relationships with the tribe. But I do think that um, this equality model is a a good one as far as um, building more more connections. Okay. So this is where I am going to introduce our presenter. And I'm very pleased to uh, welcome Stephen Avinash Perry. And he descends from the Avinash family of the Waganah ottawa shinglock family uh, on the garden river reserve in ontario he has a bachelor's of science degree in business a BSW in social work a master's in education with a major in native american studies very impressive he was a postgraduate of the Calhoun fellowship at harvard university he's a graduate of their educational undergraduate and graduate levels um, across several universities in Michigan he's created a specialized curriculum and that's been used in many schools across the US and Canada and uh, the curriculum is focused on the traditions and Earth Mothers classroom, which it's really amazing. Uh, in addition he's been recognized for his work with youth as a family interventionist and he brings traditional practices beliefs into the teaching and instruction of native people and professionals working with native populations. Stephen is an advocate, a teacher, and a very good friend. Please join me in welcoming Stephen Berry.
1: I'm not going to speak in the language the whole time. Uh, what I said was hello, and my, my spirit name is black color. Okay. The topic uh, that I'm going to speak about today, uh, violence, has been something that, uh, uh, especially in the Native communities, that I've really been involved a lot with over the last probably 15 or 20 years and uh, uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk about violence okay but we don't have extra, enough time uh, to speak about violence but you know we have assault, murder, sexual assault, domestic violence talking, uh, teen dating violence, elder abuse, child abuse, there's a whole you know plethora of uh, of, of, of abuses and, and violence that are out there in the world, unfortunately. But, uh, and Dee mentioned a, a few. When she was speaking. One of the one of the things that I've found is uh, there's been a tremendous amount of challenges out there for people who have been victims of violence, and and the system. Uh, is one of those, and, and, and people get uh, people then feel like they're victims of the system. You know, the system's supposed to be there to help them, and uh, you know they they're, they feel like they're they're victims of the system. And uh, some of the things are that the violence had to be current so that the court system could start the case because, you know, a statute of limitations or whatever. And uh, there's just all kinds of things in the system out there. And like all violence, uh, it affects the entire family. I mean, if there's violence against one member of the family, that violence is really against the entire family unit. In, in some way or another the uh, the family is is um, you know is impacted so when we look at violence it it, it it impacts not only the person that's violated but the family and the community and so one of the things we're going to look at later on is how do we create a community model and replicate that model out, out, out there in our communities so that um, that we, can, we can minimize violence. And even though I'm speaking about violence in Indian country, violence is out there, and by you showing your interest here, uh, you know, it. it, it uh, the violence in Indian country isn't like back in the West where you had everybody on a reservation and violence was taking place there, and then you go out and into the community and violence is taking place there. You know, a lot of Native people live in urban areas, which was, you know, it has been uh, historically um, different for them. Uh, yes, a lot of people live on reses, but, you know, not as many people on res- live on reservations as they used to. Uh, you know, all kinds of economics and all kinds of other things have gone into inner cities, or they're running away from something out in rural areas, or they want to stay in the rural area. But what I'm trying to, what I, what I want to focus on today is that it takes us all. Y'all heard this famous woman that said it takes a village, you know, to raise a child. Well, it does. And I proved that when I was at the tribal school, that it takes a village out there to, to raise a, a child. And uh, they get good things out of that village and they get bad things out of that village. But, but. Uh, Um, It it does take more than just one person to raise a child, especially with the the world being as complicated as as it is today. The other thing is in the dominant society, as I call it, in the non-Indian world, um, a lot of those regulations have been transposed over because the government has given tribes money. And with that money, Rather than taking some of the old traditional approaches, the tribes' cookie cutter, the dominant society's judicial system. You know, I'm an advocate of uh, of uh, some of the newer newer ways of of uh, handling violence and criminal uh, behavior, et cetera, and. I thought the Native people, once they got the money, would take that and be creative and do that. Not too many of them doing that. They're just basically taking section 104.5 that used to be over here, we'll say in Mount Pleasant, and they're taking it out on the res and putting 104.5 or maybe 204.5 out there. So there needs to be some more creativity uh, out there for people as well. I'm not going to talk to you about this in, at length but I can and I have that lecture across the country about historical trauma native people and the historical trauma that they've gone through since 1492 I'm not going to get into it a lot but there's been significant significant trauma that they've gone through they've been removed they've had their hair cut out you know? they've been killed and murdered mass okay there's a, there's been a genocidal uh, uh, approach by, by, by the (coughs) Europeans, you know, kill the Indian, save the man. Let's take it in two different contexts. One is, you know, kill everything that's Indian and we'll make them a dominant society person, or physically and violently killing them and their family. And, uh, I have a whole other program I do called, uh, called, uh, boarding schools, which I believe a significant reason why we have mothers that never learned how to be mothers and grandmothers that never learned how to be grandmothers and, and husbands that never learned how to be husbands and all those types of things and it's it's historical but I'm going to get off the talking about that um, the other thing is like I said the people go into the system and they think gosh it's great the systems here are going to help me out and then they're victimized by the system, because sometimes the system makes them feel guilty for being victimized. That's kind of a dichotomy, I mean, it's, 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 it's uh, you know, they're supposed to be in the system to help them out, and it's not helping them out, I mean, it's just, it's, it's not. Um, the other thing is, when I get more into the spiritual and into the holistic approach that Native people take to spirituality, Native people historically look at things differently than the dominant society. Okay. Those that have been homogenized, as I call or have been uh, uh, entered into society and, and have been in society uh, as, as, as a, a non-Native person, okay, are more likely to be able to fit into this, this uh, niche that that the, that the dominant society is given Native people, but there are people that are spiritual like myself and go way back, and our families go way, way back, and we believe that by using the approaches that we use, that we can do uh, a more effective job, or at least a, a help more people than what's happening today. Um, The, the, the next thing i like to talk about is, is, is its just like, I get really animated sometimes, you know? One time I was at, at, the, at a University South of here, and the kids were like carrying placards like back in the 60s out of the room, because I get kind of animated. So if I get too animated, what you see is what you get. I'm animated, okay? But I get real upset about certain things, and I believe in certain things. When I believe in those things, I want to tell other people about, and one of the biggest atrocities that we've had in this country is the lack of information that there has been about what the dominant society has done in every different way to Native people. So I go out and I talk about boarding schools, and I talk about trauma, and I talk about victimization, and I talk about all these different things because Half the time, unless you're native and you know it, you had somebody in a boarding school or had somebody that was killed or hung or whatever, you don't even know it. And they don't put anything in the history books, okay? So, but a a good example right here. This young girl, just a few weeks ago, okay, said to another person while she was playing basketball at a Catholic uh, school, she, you know, she said, which means hello, okay? And then she said, you know, and, and that means I love you. Hello, I love you. They kicked her off the team for that game, and they suspended her from school. We fought long and hard, okay, to restore our languages, because we were not allowed to say our languages. We were not allowed to practice our traditions, believe it or not, until 1968. 1968, I mean, to you, some of you think that's really a long time ago, but it's not. When you think about it, 1968, <coughs> it's sad, you know. And so it's going to take a long time for us to get back to where we were. Um, but this is a, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a bad, it's a good example of a bad example is what it
2: is. and
1: you know? then... There's a young woman who was was physically assaulted in Canada two or three days ago. Just got it on the web. And and, uh, guess who who exerted significant violence, whose picture I won't even put up on the wall up there because it would make you all too sick and sad. The Royal Canadian Mount Police beat her so bad you could hardly even see she had a face. Okay, and that's supposed to be the system that we're supposed to go to. Okay, when we're violated, when there's violence, makes no sense to me. Does it make sense to you? I mean, that this is you know this is supposed to be you know part of part of uh, who's supposed to be protecting you and they're they're beating you. So anyway, um, how do we use our traditional teaching? rest okay? It's by going back the way okay? We were a long time ago and lots of people think we can't do that but it's real simple. You know? We have like seven traditions, you know, honesty and bravery and all these others, seven traditions to follow. And if you don't follow them, you're not going to be able to walk on that good red road that we call. We call that the good red road straight path that you're going to go be walking on. The red road. Okay, we call it the red road. road. Um, but and, and, and the other thing is, we have been taken away for so long from Mother Earth. Okay, Mother Earth, uh, the animals, the minerals, everything. We, they were all part of everything. And all those, we feel, Uh, All those uh, beings and minerals and and animals and such uh, made sacrifices. I still practice a lot of those sacrifices. I mean, I still practice a lot of those those teachings today. Like, when I harvest a deer, you know, I mean, I pray on that deer and I thank that deer for giving its life to me. You know? And I don't game hunt, I hunt because I eat. That food, I can't have height, okay? And I use everything. And that's the way Native people used to be. But you know, we don't go to the stream and get water anymore. We pour it out of the faucet. You know, so we don't have that connection with that water, you know, like we used to have. You know, we don't harvest all of our food and stuff like we used to. We didn't have, we don't get our hands dirty in the dirt and have that connection with Mother Earth and the need for us to, you Environmentally, uh, be safe with, with Mother Earth, like we used. to But going back to those kind of things and following those kind of uh, those kind of uh, gifts, you know, and following those tenets, you know, are what I've done, and I've turned my life around. You know, I used to be, a, you know, I used to drink and drug and almost, you know, kill a friend of mine by, you know, by punching him really hard. You know, 27 years ago, I've been clean and sober for for 22 years and you know I got on this red road you know, and a lot of people are using uh, this red road too to, to get over some of those drug and alcohol and, and, and mental health issues Speaking out of both sides of our mouth. I mean, to go out and go through all all these uh, these uh, uh, lessons of spirituality and, and following this road and all that, and then having you know having uh, you know punching somebody out and doing something fusing because it's not in our culture. It's not in the process. It's not in our thinking process. Okay. And and because of that, like I said, um, you quoted me, um. Going back to basics is what it boils down to. Whatever, going back to basics and, and uh, not trying to make things so complicated as they are, not, they are today. Um, I talked a little bit a while ago about a community prevention model. And you probably won't be able to see any of the, see this, but I believe not believe it. it and what, does, what does the basis of this model is, it's a community prevention model. And it's it basically, it's it's, it's, uh, it's based on how uncomplicated it could be at the tribal school. I was at the tribal school, and people say, this kid won't read. This kid won't write. This kid's beating up on everybody. This kid's breaking the windows in the school. So I go talk to the parents, right? parents don't do anything about it. kid was laughing. Went to the grandma, grandma and grandpa. They wouldn't do about it. Went to, went to some cousins. They didn't really think about it. But there was one uncle in that group, okay, that cared about that kid. And that's how I, with every single kid, I found one person in that family who cared about that kid. And it was a good role model. It was called the Community Intervention Program. And it's basically the same idea here is you use the whole community. And I'm gonna, you can laugh a little bit, but the people used to take care of the kids because I brought every one of those kids in. I mean, every one of those family members in. They got tired of coming in my office, 15, 16 people. So they took care of the kid and, you know, let him on that right path, let that mentor do that. That's what this is all about too. This is about creating a model for the community. When I say the community, not just the native community. We're all a community. You know? You can't split that, you know, red stops at the reservation anymore. You know, we all live in town, we all live in towns and cities and and townships and everything kind of is all connected to each other. In In order for us to fight this terrible thing called violence. We all have to work together because no one lives in a little plastic bubble. You know, no one lives in a plastic bubble. And the groups that, um, that I want to talk a little bit about, the target groups, of course, are the children and the youth, the women and the men and seniors and the elders, and basically the whole community. That's what we want. I've been working with something called Kesha Anishinaabe Okay, Kesha Anishinaabe means I am a kind of man. All right? It was created in Canada. What it is, it's bringing men who have been men, peers, okay, men that have been abusive, and bringing them into a circle like an AA or 12 step program or whatever, bringing them into this and having them work themselves through their anger and all those other things and, and, and hopefully get them on a, on a, a straighter path their life. The other part of it is bringing young men in to say, man, violence and hurting people and, and all that kind of stuff, man, that should not even be in, on, your, on your plate. It's just wrong. So it's a twofold program and I'm real we'll proud to be part of that. Also proud to be part of the initiative that's a statewide initiative called United Three Fires Tribe Against, Tribes Against Violence, which is a group that just started a year or so ago. And, and that's basically working with domestic violence and those types of things, creating shelters, confidentiality, and all that. But those are the types of things, those are the types of things that that would that we need to have. And people in the community are like the shelter staff and social service people and school people and parents and the community has to make this all work because if there's if there's if there's a lot of denial out there, it's, it's not going to help the community or if somebody hides something that should have been exposed it's not going to help anybody you know, it's not going to help anybody at all so those are the types those are the types of uh, programs that uh, are, are part of that community prevention model account. thoughts that were in here before. Okay. And it was to put you all hopefully in a positive moment. You know, it's a smudge. And it's part of our ceremonies. We have ceremonies that we've been doing for, you know, people say, well, how long have you how long have your relatives lived in North America? They said, four thousand years. they're like, what? You know, I said, well, if they can trace back my people 4,000 years and you know they, that's how long we've been here, you know? I think they kind of don't know how long I've lived in the United States, but I just like to get, use those opportunities to get across the points. <laughs> but we have traditional healers. We have non-medical doctors that that, that will help people, okay? We have uh, we have uh, fasting, where you go out on what's called a four-day fast. You Nobody know, eat or drink anything, and it's kind of uh, a spiritual, it's a spiritual thing Um, and uh, a lot of young people do it and I did it again four years ago I did it and I did it a long time ago 20 years ago and then when I was four years old 20 years ago. Does anybody believe that? Darn it. We also have ceremonies where we bring everybody together you know like we we have a pipe ceremony. It isn't about, about just a bunch of people sitting around smoking a pipe. We say prayers. We go in, and anyone in that lodge can say anything, <coughs> and it stays in the lodge. It's kind of like what you say in the car stays in the car. What you say in the lodge stays in the lodge. Okay. We have those ceremonies to bring people together and give away. Native people give a lot of stuff away. They're going to a power. You know, you go to a power, you can't get you've got it. We have those. We have uh, we have sacred medicines. I mean, I mean, wash, the the, the the sage. That's that's a that's a, that's a that can be used for all kinds of things. You ever got a sore throat? Put a little bit of warm water, garlic. Is there like one of those things they put up? Or I do not guarantee that this will work or whatever. I'm just huh? Disclaimer. Yeah. But we have a lot of. Natural medicines that we use all the time and have been used for thousands of years. And we have healers out there to help with that. We have sweat lodge ceremonies, you know. And I'm not talking about the sweatlight ceremony. This is where things kind of get, get get a little foggy. You know, last year people say, oh yeah, when well, they put that sweat lodge ceremony out in Arizona, and four people died. Well, they did. That's because the people didn't know what they were doing, and they weren't even Native American. See, that's why I say you got to watch that—you know—watch that thin line there when you start taking long-time spiritual gifts that have been given to us over the years, and, and try to use Visqueen on the sweat it Um We have all kinds of ceremonies: grandmother moon ceremonies. Uh, we have the four colors. Has anybody ever seen the four colors before? White, yellow, red, black, they're in a circle. Everything we do is in a circle. You know, we live in a circle of life. You know, those white, those four four colors stand for all kinds of things besides the four directions. They stand, they they stand for the four colors of people on this Mother Earth. White, yellow, red, black, or a combination of So So, so, uh, types of things, you know, as as people, uh, you know, that we can do. And and we all can do it. It doesn't just take Native people. You know, we we all can do it. We're talking about violence in Indian country. It's really high. Okay? And we want people to know about that it's really high. (coughs) And and as a result of that, hopefully, not just Native people, but Native and non-Native people can. Can be out, be out there looking at what the problem is. These, you know, looking at some at some solutions. I mean, I was a social worker, and I saw everything. You can possibly believe, and some of you that are going to be social workers are going to see the same thing I did. And it's not just pushing paper out or Okay. So anyway, um, what can we do?